Surprise! Here's us. Hey, it's a Lightning and Holman Truck Show podcast. A little bonus episode for you. Brought to you by Nissan and Decked. Yes, our presenting sponsor, Nissan. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Best in the business on mm-hmm. full-size trucks. Nissan Titan and Titan XD. And then also our associate sponsor, Decked. For all of your cargo storage solution needs, this is a bonus episode special for you guys. So uh, let's start the show. Let's start the show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on these. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. You were almost louder than the announcer guy. Ooh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, you need to back off it the mic. Turn me away. Yeah. Yeah. getting closer to the mic. Yeah. Well, no, normally I want you really close to the mic because you have a habit of. But like, not when I'm excited, up. like, woo! Whoa, <laughs> bonus episode! So excited! Oh, back you know what this meter. is? Oh, let me try this. Hold on. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bonus, bonus episode. episode. Yeah. I feel I like we overuse this effect. I'll turn it off. Oh, this there is a bonus go. episode. Yeah, bonus episode. Okay. Uh, this is the bonus episode for all the things that uh, you wanted to know about the all-new Jeep Gladiator. All right, so this is Holman here, and I'm with the uh, chief engineer of the JT, which is the uh, the all-new Jeep Gladiator pickup truck, and uh, I'm somewhere in Northern California with uh, with Pete Milo, which is what they call I question your enthusiasm. Uh, it was raining, windy. We're in the middle of a massive downpour and kind of found a quiet corner. Mm-hmm. So you probably hear all the rain in the background, but it was soaking wet. We did the off-road course on these uh, boulders, just covered in mud, just mud everywhere. Okay. Um, yeah, it was It was. Did you need a, like, a pick-me-up, like uh, coffee or caffeine no, just, or something? It was no? just a wet, tired end of the day. Like, I got to get this done for the guys. So, uh, yeah. Took one for the team then, did you? Took one for the team. Okay. Which is what they call you because your last name is... Excessively long. It has a lot of consonants and vowels in it. What is your last name? Milo Savlovsky. (laughs) So you know what? I go by Milo. That's way easier. So we just call you Chief Milo? I like that. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> Only you, Sean. All right. Chief, yeah. Chief Milo Chief and Milo. I are out here in a beautiful NorCal, and uh, this is the very first drive of the Gladiator, which uh, is embargoed, so we can't tell you how it drives yet, but what we can talk about is the genesis of JT, how it grew out of JK, and what we really want to get to the bottom of is what is exactly is different from JT and JL? Because So I say it grew out of JK, even though it's based on the JL platform, or at least is, is a co-developed with the JL. Um, because these discussions started back in the JK platform. And so whether or not to build a JK pickup was a conversation for quite a long time, and they decided to do it at the same time as the JL development. Uh, People just, oh, it's just longer and has a bed. No, it's actually an all-new engineered vehicle. There's very little in the underpinnings and chassis. So maybe we can talk about how JL became JT. Sure. So, you know, when we designed the Gladiator, we really focused on making a truck. Um, we knew the DNA of the Wrangler was there, so we knew we had a leg up on uh, the competition when it came to off-road. So it was all about making the uh, the Gladiator a credible truck in the market. So we started with the spindle. We kept the spindle location common with the, with the Wrangler, just because of the approach angle, off-road capability. So it was all about finding that balance between off-road capability and truck performance. Um, approach angle. Yeah, explain it because we talk. We've used that phrase a bunch of times, and I thought, hmm, I wonder if I fully understand what he means. Okay, so there are three uh, angles important to off-roading: the approach, the breakover, and the departure angle. 
And so basically those are the angles from the bottom of the front bumper, the very leading edge of the vehicle, to under the tire center line. So it's the angle of something that you can drive up to and drive over without scraping up the vehicle or getting hung up. Ah. So talk about truck performance. We have payload, we have towing, we have just over-the-road ride comfort. And those three things really drove the evolution from the Wrangler to the Gladiator. So the, the second thing we looked at was the, the truck bed. We knew that we needed a five-foot bed through market research and also, you know, just the competitors that are out there. The five-foot bed really meets the customer requirements. So we knew where the front spindle was. We knew we had to add a five-foot bed. Uh, we, we were targeting a best-in-class payload of 1,600 pounds. I got to say, the, the, the five-foot bed thing does kind of bum me out because I, I always thought the five-foot bed is weird. It's too short. We, I disagree. Uh, okay. I actually like a five foot bed in the right in the right place. An active lifestyle truck. You don't need all it that. Ma- so it makes sense in the Gladiator. Yeah. I, I saw it. I was impressed by it. But to me personally, I I prefer at least a six foot box. So uh, two things. One is going to be the suckage meter because I did not explain breakover and departure angle. In our last thing, real quick. Uh, breakover angle is the center of the bottom of the tires to the center of the vehicle. So how big of a ve- uh, obstacle you can go over. And departure angle is when your vehicle is leaving an obstacle. What's your angle without scraping the rear bumper on things? So anyway, clear that up really quick. And then as far as the, uh, I think we might even talk about in this interview, but you have to realize the Wrangler architecture is way different than any other pickup out there. Whereas if you have a Ranger or a Tacoma, your front axle is basically underneath the engine. Whereas a Wrangler, the front axle is in front of the engine because right. you need it to articulate, and it's a solid axle. It's not it's not in a cradle like an IFS type of a setup. And so what that does is when you turn it into a longer vehicle, you're already at a disadvantage to a crew cab, short box, Colorado, Tacoma, Frontier, or Ranger because you have all that front axle length from the B-pillar forward. And so basically what happened is the Gladiator looks really long, but it's actually sort of splits the middle between a, uh, it's a 137-inch wheelbase, splits the difference between a Tacoma crew cab short box okay. and a Tacoma uh, crew cab long box. It sits right in the middle there. Huh. And so now it's all about where do we want that rear suspension and that rear axle to lay to best manage those loads. And that's where we wound up with the 137-inch wheelbase. We went to a forward-facing shocks. On the Rubicon, you're getting the, the Fox shocks, which is pretty exciting for us. Um, but the forward-facing shocks are pointed and attached to a point in the frame that just really balances the energy or, bal- or manages the energy. So you have this really nice balanced ride, um, you know, between um, ride comfort and then the wheelbase. We don't want it to get too long now because of breakover, right? So this is still the most capable off-road truck, um, mid-sized truck. Um, it's, it's amazing what it can do. You know, we've done the Rubicon Trail. We've gone all over the country and, um, you know, the, the truck is just amazing. Um, the rear the rear departure angle, we've got a little bit of an overhang, but again, we're best in segment at 26 degrees. And, and just so people understand a 137-inch wheelbase, I know people say, oh, it's it's so long, but it's actually, a, the original power wagon was one four. People never say that to you, by the way. Uh, all the time. Not people, but certain people. <laughs> um, I will say that uh, the vehicle has great road presence, and you have to remember the Wrangler architecture looks narrow because of those big fender flares, right? It has like basically a full size with axle with a medium sized body on it. Mm-hmm. And so part of it's a trick of the eye. Well, all Jeeps do. No, I know. But what I'm saying is it being stretched out into a pickup truck, mm-hmm. it visually, it looks like it's long and narrow when it's actually not that much longer than the competition. Okay. But Jeep was careful to make sure that there was enough, uh, the overhangs all were best in class for approach and departure angle as it should be. 
Um, and you're kind of nicely splitting, splitting the difference between a crew cab or double cab short box Tacoma yep. and a long and a long box Tacoma. So you're kind of right in the middle there anyway. I think it just visually it looks long because of how narrow it is looking with mm -hmm. the fender flares and it's tall and, and it's jeepy. But when you see it in person, it has really good road presence and it, it looks completely different than, than what maybe people have seen in, in photos. And just going back on what you said, I think it's important to note and bring up that you guys really approach this with a truck first attitude. Yes, it's a Jeep. Was that a circular saw in the background? I have no idea what that was. <laughs> it was an apparition. Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe the, it was- The ghost of Jeep past? Yeah, I say the gladiators <laughs> of Jeep before. But it wasn't a Jeep with a bed. It was a Jeep made to tow, made to have payload, all those things. Yeah. I just love it when people come up to me and say, Pete, or Chief Milo, <laughs> you've got the easiest job in the world. You just put a bet on a Jeep Wrangler. I just laugh. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we spent a great deal of time just, you know, trying to fine-tune the ride, the comfort, um, the, the towing. You know, I didn't mention the towing, so we have a best-in-class tow rating of 7,650 pounds. We did that in a couple ways. One, we went to the Class 4 hitch. Uh, we went to the 4-pin, four, 7-pin uh, four connector. We integrated trailer sway control. Class 4 hitch. Uh, there's class one, two, three, four. It's just the the rating of the hitch. They're different. No, uh, I, I mean I levels. know that. It, what, so any idea what a class four hitch is? What it what it tows? All right, so uh, the, they're just uh, like classes of hitch and weight rating. So like a class one is like a one and a quarter square. That's like what you see on like a Honda CRV. You know, uh, oh the, Subaru. Uh, the the receiver. One yeah, and a the receiver okay. for like a bike rack or something. And so those are rated up to uh, two thousand pounds of trailer or two hundred max pounds of tongue weight. And if the tongue weight is how much of that weight is on the vehicle on right. the hitch, right? Usually ten percent of what the trailer weight is. And then a class two. Oh, so what I didn't know that it was ten percent of the trailer yeah. weight. Okay. And then class two is a uh, thirty-five hundred pound trailer uh, with a three hundred pound maximum trailer tongue weight. That's also an inch and a quarter uh, square. And then you step up to the class three, which is what a lot of mid-sized vehicles have because that's a 6,000-pound trailer, 600 max trailer tongue weight. If you use a weight distribution hitch, uh, you can go up to 10,000 pounds with a 1,000-pound maximum tongue weight, and that's a two-inch receiver opener. Okay. Uh, and then the class four is, is not is it's basically a nice upgrade. It's like more beefy and tough. So you're talking about a 10,000-pound gross trailer weight, 1,000 pounds of maximum trailer tongue weight. Um, but then with a weight distributing hitch, you can go 14,000 pounds and 1,400 pounds a ton. See, I knew that and, if I asked you, you would know the name. answer, yeah. You know, I don't always, but I'm glad <laughs> when I do. And then the front end, we opened up the cooling. We opened up the grill. We added a higher wattage So end. it doesn't share the same grill with the JL. It actually has a slightly different grill because you had to open it up. That's right. Um, you know, but, you know, Mark Allen, you know, he wanted, he wanted, he loves the look of, of the Wrangler. So he didn't want to like uh, deviate too far. Sure. So um, it's subtle, but it is, if you look closely, we do have more airflow coming through to cool the engine as you're hauling those, those heavy loads up those, uh, those tall grades. Now, uh, it's going to be available standard with the 3.6, so the 2-liter turbo is not available with the Gladiator, and then the optional engine will be late availability will be the 3-liter EcoDiesel, both with 8-speed automatic transmissions or on the 3.6 gas, you can also get the 6-speed manual, same as JL. Correct, yep, and the this is the Pentastar upgrade, great efficiency and great power. Um, I won't bore you with all the uh, the efficiency details, but you know it provides uh, puts out 280 horse, 285 horse, 260 pound-feet of torque, and then, as you mentioned, uh, the diesel at some point will be coming out with the earth-chewing 442 pound-feet of torque. So, I wonder how many people are going to wait for that. But here's the here's the trick on that. You heard his numbers, right? Yeah. I don't think they had been announced yet. That'll be the same power output on the Ram 1500 when it comes. Ah. Oh. So wink, wink, nod, nod. That's what your uh, eco diesel ratings are going to be going forward. 
Hmm. We're really excited for um, that as well as just the overall 3.6 Pentastar matched up with the 8-speed. Sean, you just drove the truck. I think you yeah. can attest to. I can't, I can't talk about it yet. I will tell you without getting in too much trouble about talking about ride, but we'll come back and circle back. But it has a completely different feel than the JL. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So if you're expecting it to feel like a JL with a bed, it, it doesn't at all. It has its own characteristics. It, it feels different. Um, now, there's, we'll talk about the front axles a little bit different, but let's just uh, dive into the rear suspension because I think that's where the real change is. You talked about the forward-facing shocks, but it's a completely different setup geometry-wise everything else from JL as well. Yeah, so we've gone to an all-new uh, Dana 44 axle with unique uh, attachments. And then we've, uh, we've we borrowed from the, the Ram 1500 with the control arm. So the control arms are tucked uh, nice and low, not too low because we don't want them to rub, but it provides, you know, a great roll center. Um, and also, you know, just borrowing from, from, from Ram. You know, Ram's been doing it for a long time, so why not? Yeah. They've been very successful. Their ride's been, you know, they've had accolades for their ride. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we pretty much redid that entire five-link suspension. So, uh ram 1500 parts on the jt yep i'm hearing that's pretty cool and are you using a variable rate spring on the back or is it linear um it is a linear uh spring on the back so real quick he thought i was talking about jl there the jl has a linear spring the truck has a variable rate spring okay so on the gladiator also a little bit different is you have fox shocks all the way around on the rubicon whereas Mm -hmm. the jl has the jeep monotube shocks so you're getting a little bit different feel in terms of of ride and handling there and then you also mentioned that the brakes are bigger on the gladiator rear axle to uh to help with that toe rating uh and then also the axle tubes are thicker than what you would get on a jl as well that's correct so on the front you know from a durability perspective just again we've got the higher loads we've gone to a 10 millimeter uh tube thickness which is an increase, and then on the rear, the rear uh, gear set in the, in the axle and the pinion has been upgraded, you know, just to manage the torque and the amount of loads it's going to see so that it, it meets our durability requirements. You said brakes, yeah, so we did increase the, the, the brakes. Uh, we increased the brake size by about 5%. Um, that basically helps us meet our J2807 trailer tow um, SAE guidelines for stopping distance. 5% is not a whole lot, dude. I mean, I, he did, they did they had to do it to meet the meet the minimum you know standards. But but, but also remember that the uh, the JL, which is the basically the platform what it shares you know parts with, mm-hmm. already had upsized brakes. The brakes are already pretty beefy because Jeep is protecting for people who are putting thirty fives, thirty sevens, oh, big tires. Oh, they were so okay. The, so All the right. fact that they right. only had to go up five percent to reach those. Carrying for payload and it then speaks a lot number. about the JL. Exactly, got it. It just meets all FMVSS requirements, and they do a really nice job of stopping the truck. And you also have uh, tougher wheels on the Gladiator than what the JL comes with as well, right? Yep, they had to be strengthened just a little bit. Our rear gowers, um, you know, it's 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 more significant, or it's at th- three thousand six hundred and fifty pounds the rear gower rating. So we had to upgrade the the strength of of the wheels to to manage those loads. Here we are again, Gower and managing loads. Oh, <laughs> no, Gower, no, no. Uh, gross axle weight rating. So oh. that's the amount of weight that you can put over the axle. So all vehicles have a, a front Gower and a rear Gower, and so that's as much weight as you can put on either end, and that will keep the axles from bending or breaking or 
or any of those things. Got were it. there any challenges uh, during the program that were a win for you that you were happy to have and you see it on the production truck now and you're like, I'm so glad I won that battle. Was there something that, that was the right decision for the end product that ended up coming to life? Um, there were a few things, but um, you know, the, the one that comes to mind, I know it's the Jeep heads aren't going to maybe necessarily appreciate as much as <laughs> what we went through but um uh, the interior the underseat storage we um we worked hard to put in a removable storage area that whole rear occupant area has been uh, optimized for space just because that's what that was like the key that was changing everything yeah. b pillar forward was new so the whole rear area we fought for every square inch and uh it really is an adaptable storage area so the same toolkit that comes with the vehicle that removes the top the windshield um, there's four bolts that basically remove that bin, and now you've got that whole open area for you know. You and I talked about it. Some yeah, people yeah. Won't, some people won't necessarily use it, but it's um, just another option for the Jeep customer who likes adaptability. Uh, and you guys have a really cool function on the tailgate where the tailgate can be stowed at a 45 degree angle super easy by just tucking the cables behind the mechanism and that allows for two-tiered storage so you can put a four-way sheet of plywood on top of the wheelhouse opening or the wheel wells and you can fit 20 sheets of plywood so again you're going back to it has 1600 pounds of payload it has 20 sheets of plywood you said 20 yeah what's interesting is because the vehicle is fairly narrow right um the wheel wells intrude on in the bed like, sure you know so they're between the wheel wells unlike a full-size truck where you could put a four by eight uh, sheet of plywood between the wheel wells yeah you can't you can't hear, do it right. so what they did was on the wheel wells they put indentations on the top where you can put a two by four and when you have a two by four spanning the two wheel wells and you put the tailgate at its mid position which yeah. is a 45 degree you can slide four by eight sheets of plywood. Oh, in there. brilliant! Yeah, which is pretty cool. Huh? Was it seventy seven hundred pounds of towing? Seventy six fifty. Seventy six fifty. Yeah. All right. Pretty close. Um, and so it can do truck tasks. Um, you can put your bike. You put your mountain bike. You put your dirt bike. You can mm -hmm. put your Home Depot stuff in there. All those things you you want it to be used as a truck. And you also have what is about eighteen inches of depth, so it allows for you to reach over and palm the bottom of the bed, so you can reach in real easily, which isn't always the case on a lot of trucks. Yep. No, I think it's a pretty innovative feature. Again, we're we're trying to maximize space. So, and and uh, we talked about the five foot bed. Of course, we'd like to go. You know, if we could, we'd, we'd go even longer. But we we just didn't want to trade off off road. But what we did, we came up with an innovative approach, which is we can basically you know, put the tailgate into this 45 degree angle, which lines up perfectly with if you set two by fours along the wheel wells and along the uh, box slot in the rear. You can start loading up the the bed flat um sheet sheet goods and you know that you know for those that are weekend warriors that need a you know a few yeah. you know a few why uh, have a truck if you can't use it for standard items right exactly yep and then the tonneau cover we've uh, introduced this kind of that's pretty interesting you know i'm, I'm just kind of soaking it in here someone said why don't we just put a two by four across the top and you can lay stuff you know like lengthwise yeah but that was someone said those words like why don't we just use a two by four which yep. is, which is, I mean, most <laughs> truck beds today have pockets for two by fours and stuff like that. So it's not uncommon. And then for those looking for, you know, additional space with the tailgate down, the bed uh, is, uh, I believe, six and a half feet long. So okay. that you can still sleep with tailgate down. You can still sleep in the bed, too. I think it's pretty innovative tonneau cover. Uh, it's got a weekend warrior position, so you can just throw, you know, a couple a couple boards in the back of the truck and you can run off so you don't have to unroll the entire tonneau cover. But the, the tonneau cover is a rolling tonneau cover. Again, thinking about space, we, we didn't we do we wanted to optimize the space for our customer. So 
like a tri-fold cover. You can just imagine folding that thing. You're, sure. you're covering up half the box. You only have yeah. two and a half feet. But this, this way, it rolls up very easily, and you got five, the, the full five, five-foot box that you. And by the way, the uh, company that makes the soft tops also make the tonneau cover. So it's a soft fabric tonneau cover. It matches the convertible top. Oh, that's cool. Which is very cool. And uh, by the way, the convertible top comes uh, with a lot of really cool features. And this is obviously the only convertible pickup truck on the market. And you also have LED lighting. You have an available sliding track tie-down system also on the head of the bed as well as the sides. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you also have a cool idea where the back has a D-ring um, that they're stationary. But Still doesn't have it on the floor like Nissan, though. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> Duh. They're stationary, but the front of the bed, the D-rings can swivel, and that's because what you found is those D-rings that were stationary at the front of the bed would block access to things, and so you can fold them out of the way in order to slide things, and so there's a little indentation where they'll fold flush with the wheel wells, which I thought was really cool. And going back to uh, to cargo uh, in the back seat, you guys have stadium seating where they can flip up. You can also flip the seat back down to have a nice flat tray to, to load things. Um, I think one of the things that sets Gladiator apart immediately is the top system. And you have, just like the JL, you can fold down the windshield, you can take off the doors, you can take off the roof on the hardtop, and then you also have a top system. You ever fold down the windshield in any of your Jeeps? Uh, not in any of mine, but I've driven new Jeeps with the windshield folded down. The nice thing about the uh, JL and JT is it takes about five minutes, whereas on a JK, it takes about 25 minutes and a whole bunch of hardware and stuff. But what's really cool... Every bolt you take off of your Jeep, whether it's to pull the doors, whether it's to pull the windshield, Jeep has a tray in the cargo space under the rear seats or in the jail in the back. It has a space for every one of those bolts so you don't lose them. You're kidding yeah, me. Yeah, so every bolt has its own little uh, slot in a like tray. A, like a piece of foam or something? You no, slide the bolt each It's a hard plastic, okay. and it's exactly the size of the bolt, and you just drop them in so you don't lose them. Oh, that's brilliant. That's awesome. Just some, something special to keep it out of the cargo space. It's pretty amazing as far as what the top system can do. It's the only convertible tr truck in the market. And, yeah, the Sunrider position, basically, you you basically unlatch it, pull it back, and that, that Sunrider just sits nice and clean out of the occupant area. Yeah, so it sits on the back of the roof rather than folding behind it so that you're not intruding on any cargo that you might have. And exactly. so you guys have really thought of a, a, a lot of different features. Um, and then for trailer towing, you have a trailer brake controller that will be coming as well, so you can really handle those, those bigger loads. Um, I can't wait to tell everybody about the truck and my experience with it. It's pretty awesome. Of course, Rubicon, you still get a 4-to-1 T-case and front and rear lockers and sway bars and yep. all, all, all the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, we were, you and I just had a chance to do some off-roading yeah. out, out here in uh, um, the pleasant weather out here. Yeah, and, uh, it starts to rain on us. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It, Wasn't sure if you were uh, playing with like a bubble wrap or saran wrap no, or something. big or, drops. Yeah. And I think actually what you're hearing is I was wearing a rain jacket and those were the drops hitting my shoulders. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, still when it comes to off-road capability, there's nothing like it. Um, Wrangler is king of it, it's its own class, but the the Gladiator I think has has created a new class. Even though we're in the midsize segment, no one can compete with. You know, we've got a standard 33-inch tire. We've got standard sway bar disconnect. We've and got standard locking axles. You've packaged we, protected for 35s as well. Yep, and thanks for bringing that to my attention. We spent uh, a great deal of time through the development um, with our packaging guys all the way throughout, just making sure that you can package the 35. You won't, we won't get any um, rubs, unwanted rubs. And also underneath the spare tire, you can put in a 35-inch spare tire if if. In, in place so, of the 33 standard. So the, the tires mounted under the bed, and I heard a rumor 
Mm-hmm. That this uh, might be a tough uh, one for me to answer. I, I know you, you can just you can nod twice, and I'll just know that you approved. <laughs> uh, nobody else will know. This will just be me saying that I heard that if you had a 37 on the smaller side, that wasn't a 30. You know, obviously tire sizes are different. Certain brands and a 37 will fit under the bed. I can neither confirm or deny that. No, I, I, I know what you, I, I, I get it. Uh, there are, depending on the size and the OD, yeah, I, I think there's, um, you know, some variability in the overall. But at least a 35. At least a 35. And if you're smart about tire purchase, you might be able to yeah. sling a 37 under yeah, there. Thanks for not getting me in trouble, Sean. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's raining, and uh, and I we should probably get you out of, the, out of it, but I uh, appreciate your time. Um, Thanks for walking us through the Gladiator. Super exciting product. I think we walk away with the importance that you want to get across. It's truck first, then Jeep. And by no means has it lost any of its Jeepiness or capability, but you've added additional truck capability on top of it. And you guys really see this as the preeminent crew cab four-wheel drive pickup truck in the space moving forward. Yeah, I think it's the ultimate off-road capable machine, but at the same time, you've got this everyday comfort. the course that we just went on, the route that we just went, went on, a lot of windies, yeah. and we were very confident showing you this truck. You know, the the only tight you know, turns, broken pavement, re- reduced radius. It's not the course that I would have expected a solid axle pickup yeah. to be on, and I'll leave it at that. You got it. <laughs> yep, and we felt confident putting it out here. So, it, like like I was saying, it's the ultimate off-road machine, but everyday capable. All right, Chief Milo, appreciate your time, and uh, congrats on the new truck. Thanks, Sean. Any idea how many they're going to produce? Uh, I asked that in a upcoming interview, okay. and the answer is kind of funny, All so right. I'll leave it at that. And uh, did you catch that? You could fit a thirty-seven. Yeah, I did hear that, but I, I didn't know that. I don't. I don't think you. I recall hearing. Um, uh, the gentleman that I saw in all the videos, uh, I forget his name, dark hair, uh, well dressed, dapper. And he was talking about, he was walking around, doing, he was doing a walk around on one of the YouTube videos that uh-huh. I saw. And he was saying uh, that you could you could stuff a 37 under there. Yeah. So I, I don't know that you were breaking you, news there, but. No, nobody knew that until this trip. So they have clearly stated you can fit a 35 under there. Yeah. But some of the engineers, for whatever reason, got it snuck through where there's enough space. You're not going to fit a 35 or a 37 that measures 37 and a half, 38, because there are some big 37s. Right. But 37s on the smaller size. You're talking about the width, though. You're talking about like what? The the diameter. No, I don't know. But like, what about the width, though? Does that matter in this? Like, can I go over 12 and a half inches wide? Okay. Why not? Uh, The only thing that's uh, preventing you is the frame rail spacing. And what's cool is there's enough room where you can find a 37, which means that if you're running a Gladiator on 37s, you don't need to find another place for your spare which means you don't need a tire rack on the back. Oh, amazing. You don't need to take up your bed space with a big spare tire. You can just bolt it right in this place under underneath and, and go to town. So a 37 on the money, and you can turn lock to lock, no problem. Yeah, it has nothing to do with turning radius. Are you talking about fitting it to the vehicle? Yeah, I'm saying, like, oh. can you steer? Like, I don't want to rub. You, like, you, you need you, to have a two-inch lift. You lift a Silverado, you, you rub everywhere. Oh, a Rubicon is package protected at 35. Okay. But if you want to fit a 37 on a Rubicon, I believe it's a two-inch or two-and-a-half-inch lift, and it'll fit a 37 without rubbing and all that kind of stuff. With the proper wheel and tire package, right. offset, okay. all that. But the spare- I prefer an improper wheel and tire package. Uh, you might have some rubbing, <laughs> my friend.
All right, we got uh, Elizabeth from Jeep here who will walk us through uh, some of the cool interior features of the Gladiator. All right, so I'm here with Elizabeth from Jeep, and uh, she's going to talk about some of the really cool features that are in the back cab area of the uh, JT Gladiator pickup truck. And again, this is not just a JL with a bed. There's actually a lot of thought and differences between the two products. I want to stop you right here. It just occurs to me that we're, we're already uh, interviewing a quarter deep, and this... I wonder if this sounds like a commercial, because this is not a commercial. I, I, I asked you- I don't think it's a commercial. Well, what's that? I don't think it's commercial. This is editorial. This is content. I think it is content, but like it's it's all Gladiator stuff. We haven't done this with other tr- singular trucks. But I think that this is a this is a kind of a milestone in truck history, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, a game-changing product in a lot of ways, and I think that it's really important to our market. I think there's a ton of pent-up demand for it, and I did not want to wait a week to get it out to you guys because you and I are going to Lone Star Throwdown, right? and so we're doing a Lone Star Throwdown show. It's not that—no, no, no, don't get me wrong. It's not the bonus episode part of it, that, but it's like— we're doing all this stuff on the Gladiator specifically because, A, our last show would have been way too long. And you wouldn't have gotten on Spotify. And Exactly. The file size would be too large. But I think that this is, it's unique. I, I don't know how many times to say it. I was not a Jeep guy, and I, I think I might be a Jeep guy with this. I do really think it's an important vehicle. And so I'm glad we're covering it at, at you know at the at the at the rate that we are. You guys have really imagined that rear cargo area as being multi-use, whether it's cargo or people, whether it's storage, all those things. So why don't you walk us through it? Okay, we all know with a uh, pickup truck that interior storage is prime. So we spent a lot of time really working on that rear compartment and getting it right. Um, first and foremost, the rear seat is very comfortable. And it's I can attest to that. It's to super it. comfortable. And I think it feels like it's at a different angle than the jail also. Are you more laid back? At, because something feels different about it. Not that the jail isn't comfortable, but the truck is is awesome. No, the couple's the same. The couple's the same as the jail. That, that back angle is, is slightly actually more upright. Okay. But, um, yeah, when we drove it on a, on a, on a team trip, we had... Um, we're taking turns in the back seat. I was in the back seat for about three hours, and at the rest stop, I didn't want to. I didn't even. It sounds really dirty. <laughs> it really does. I, I mean, I, I was my, my my mind was in the gutter during that that that. Your sentence. mind is always in the gutter. Yeah. One of our colleagues is six foot two, and he also commented on on how comfortable it is. But as for storage, we wanted to get um, every square inch out of that rear compartment, so we made every bit of space usable. We're best in class at three point three cubic feet. And lots of features on the seat. So the back seat back folds down. There's storage bins behind. You can um, lock the back seat because when you're in an open air situation. Doors tops off. Doors tops off, which every one of our gladiators, the top comes off. You're going to want to have that protected storage. And then the seat also folds up into a stadium position, the seat cushion, and there's lockable storage underneath. And what's really cool is you can take the storage bin grab it and go so you can take it to your campsite or your tailgate and once you get there you're gonna want to play your tunes of course so that's where we have this uh, wireless speaker it's docked behind the rear passenger seat and it's smart charging so when you are um, when the when the speaker is low and battery will charge it and we only send power to the docking station when the speaker's engaged um, we, we jeepized it if you will by um, <laughs> really testing it to its limits. It can be submerged underwater for 30 uh, minutes over a meter. Um, we've got this IP rating, which dust and moisture. We've got- um, Is IP67? Well, IP6 is the highest rating you can get for dust and moisture. Yeah. 
and then IP7. You're just showing off right there. Is that IP67? And I can't remember if it's IP67 <laughs> or 68. I think it's IP67. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, so it's dust and water. And that's really cool. How's the sound system overall? Because that's something great. I don't think I know about. Yeah, it's great. Just, just where well, you're like, yeah, kind of great. I mean, we were in open top Jeeps or soft top Jeeps, so it's kind of hard. I didn't really listen to tunes as a Spain. Well, that's time. why that's why I'm asking because it, it yeah. really matters. And how's the sound deadening in this in this vehicle? Like, can it's you, fantastic. It is good. No, it's okay. it, but it's not it's like a new Ram with shocking noise canceling and all no, that stuff. No, no. But I mean, I think people who you can have noisy tires. Be, you know what I mean? Even if you get yeah. some really nice Toyo MTs or something, will, people will be surprised how quiet it is. Okay. Okay. Good. And what that means is it's just going to survive long-term durability, so it's not going to corrode. Um, all of the electrical connectors are covered with what they call a noble metal gold coating <laughs> that helps us get that rating. Well, where it really helps is going to be on a day like today where it's raining right. or snowing, right. and you can still listen to your tunes or have it out in the elements without having any problems or worrying about it. That's right. Yeah, I was. It's it's a pretty cool box, and the fact that it's self charging. Um, I guess you guys tested it and found out it has you know something like ten years of battery life if you were to use it every weekend. Yeah, we we had to kind of make up the durability test because it's a new feature for yeah. us, and so we assumed let's say the customer is going to just drain it once a week. They're going to have a big party every week, and we tested it up to five hundred cycles, and even at the end of that, um, we still had ninety percent life of the battery. We were uh, we were playing with it earlier, and I'm going to tell you, uh, if you're a JL owner, you should be a little bit jealous. And I hope that this is a feature that comes on other Jeep products because the speaker's way cool. And I feel like when I bring my Bluetooth speaker out on the trail or out of campsite, there's nowhere to put it. And I'm like, it's just right. tossed in a bag. I have to remember to uh, plug it in the night before to take it on the trip. If you do your 10 or 12 hours of listening to audio in you know over a three-day weekend, it might you might run out of juice and have to find a place. This is always plugged, always ready to go, mm -hmm. wireless. I mean, it's just, it's freaking awesome. So yeah. super awesome feature. Yeah, and you can even hang it. There's a little um, latch tab there, so you can hang it from a tree. Or, <laughs> you know. Well, only with Jeep where you have pieces of the interior you can take out and hang from trees, exactly. right? That's that's that's, right. that's the brand right there. Well, congratulations on the new truck, and uh, thanks Thank for talking us through some of the cool rear cargo and, uh, and storage solutions. Thank you. Um, how's the fidelity of that little speaker? It's pretty good. I mean, is it like a, so? I have a couple ultimate ears, the mm -hmm. UE booms that I that I can. I'm. It's actually almost identical to the size of my monster can right here, and I am always blown away by how amazing they sound. Here's the deal: uh, we were in a noisy environment where it was raining and wet. Didn't have a chance to really sample it very well, and I have nothing to compare it to. I can tell you that the sound quality is pretty good, and it's made by a famous manufacturer that we've had on this podcast. Oh, Telpine, right? It. It is made by a company that I don't know they want to disclose, but yes. Well, but I mean, they're already doing stuff with Jeep, so it's not going to come as any surprise. I'm just going to say yeah. that a good, solid company is behind it, and you should be happy at the technology and what it is. <laughs> okay. And the cool, but the cool thing really, wait, honestly, why can't, wait, what, what, what stops you from talking about who, who makes it? Uh, I don't know. I just don't want, if they don't want that out there. Listen, and, listen, take your radio unbolt it, slide it out, it'll say who it's made by, and well, I think, it's going to say I, Alpine I think on it. the supplier started with somebody else, and then that supplier may have gone out of business, and so another supplier picked it up, and so they wanted to keep that feature with the Jeep, and so I don't know if the politics are behind that. But what I will tell you is that what is very cool about it is it has a smart connector, so if anybody has an iPad Pro, and there's those four little dots, and you can put it the keyboard, or you can charge, or do other different things, that's the type of connector that's on the backside of the speaker. Magnetic? Uh, I don't know if it's magnetic okay. or not, but it's gold gold plated and it snaps into its spot. So it's never going to jump out. I feel like anytime I have a Bluetooth speaker that I'm going out to the desert at home, I charge it and I have to remember to put it some to bring it with me and yes. find some place to pack it in the Jeep, which is full of crap. 
This has its own home. And it's got, always charged. Yeah. It's always ready. Uh, and it pops out and it'll give you 10 to 12 hours of audio. And when you pop it back in the Jeep, it automatically charges itself. And it is designed to be uh, plugged in all the time. And there's a smart sensor that decides if it needs a top off or not. So it's not always charging. It lets it kind of get down to where it needs to charge and then tops it back off. Yeah, that's what you don't want to do is you don't want to charge battery when it doesn't need to be charged. Exactly. And so it's, I think for uh, the right customer, I would be interested in it because honestly, it's a great size. It sounds good. It's really cool. It's great quality. So so compared to a, like, again, a Monster Energy can of soda, like, is it much bigger than this? Way bigger than that. Oh, it is. I was thinking it was... You know, I'm, I'm looking size. around the studio like a because they have little tiny Bose no. speakers that are, no. you know, a lot of people have. I posted some pictures at Truck Show Podcast on uh, on Facebook and Instagram, so you can see her holding it. Okay, but I would say it's about this big, which more, is more like pro- a boombox, like an old school boombox size. Maybe not quite shoe that box. big. Yeah, shoebox. It's okay. about the size of shoebox. How about that? Okay. Okay, so in front of me right now is uh, my longtime friend Kevin Metz from the Jeep brand. And what is your title these days? Uh, this is that's an excellent question. It's <laughs> probably the brand lead for Wrangler and Gladiator. Okay, I don't know what that means, but it's got a lot of words. So as we've, le- <laughs> as we've learned on this show, the more words you have in your title, the uh, the more important you are. So uh, you and I have a long history of doing cool Jeep projects together, randomly seeing each other uh, on, on the Rubicon Trail and all sorts of things like that. Um, maybe even a few adventures in Moab over the years. So. Yeah, it's been a lot of years, that's for sure. <laughs> a lot of years. So it's finally here like you and i have been probably talking about this product for maybe eight or ten years it seems like and we talked about during jk if there was going to be a jk pickup that would come out and and we talked about what would happen when jl came out and finally it's here tell us uh, about maybe the road to get to jt gladiator and then also where it slots into the current landscape in the mid-size pickup market yeah so it's been over 25 years since jeep had a pickup truck um, but the uh, the demand never wanes. So I, I, I've been calling it internally the most highly anticipated launch in the history of the automobile industry. And, 100%. Yeah, and, and to, to me. And At I least think, in our world. And to Jeep enthusiasts, I think it actually rings true because yeah. uh, it, it's been something we've been waiting for for a long time. In fact, the uh, original Gladiator concept truck was uh, 2005, so that was almost 15 years ago. Oh, my now. gosh, yeah. I, and I remember when that truck came on stage, and it was a precursor to JK. And if you look at that truck, it was a regular cab, or excuse me, a standard cab. It was green. It, it kind of teased the JK styling as well as the interior. And then it sort of vanished after that. Yeah, and, it, 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 and we kept rolling out different iterations of, of con- pickup concepts, just sure. driving our, our enthusiasts nuts because yeah. it's like, when, when are we going to have this thing? 100%. Yeah, so uh, we finally revealed it in, uh, in L.A. last November. And the, the response has been absolutely phenomenal. We have uh, we've, we have uh, three billion impressions from press reviews. Oh my God, three wow. billion! Yeah. Wow, yeah, phenomenal! It's, three it's billion. like sixty thousand people have asked With a us B. to put us yeah. put on, a, on, a, on a list to get more information. If you could build out to your max in the course of a year, how many? What's your capacity for Gladiator? Yeah, we're going to build one for everybody that wants one. <laughs> everybody listening, you hear that? There's one waiting for you at your local Jeep dealer soon. Soon. Yes, yeah. It's a second quarter. They'll be available at dealers, um, and it's going to fill a, a, a huge hole in our lineup, and it's going to uh, help us continue the phenomenal growth that we've seen at Jeep. You know, we sold almost a, a million Jeeps in, in the U.S. this year and a million six. Oh, my Lord. So, wow. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a My wife success one. story over and the last decade. You guys have had a product onslaught over the years, uh, you know, Wrangler and Cherokee and Renegade, and you've got uh, Grand Cherokee coming up, and allegedly something like the Wagoneer, other things that have been out in the world that we can't talk about. But um, it's not stopping anytime soon. They're 
the, the Gladiator is just more of that product renaissance that's coming to the brand. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to – we list – Ten points for the phrase product renaissance. <laughs> Thank you. We listen to our customers at Jeep, and we're going to keep bringing stuff that people want. Um, and this, uh, the, the Gladiator, just the latest on top of a phenomenal launch of an all-new Wrangler, so, uh, which has had a tremendous response as well. Yeah, I heard uh, the Wrangler sales were pretty phenomenal for first year of JL so far. Yeah, it's an all-time, 2018 was an all-time record sales year for the Wrangler. Uh, this year started off to a great start with a record, all-time record January sales. Um, we're we're uh, setting the world on fire with it. Also won uh, Motor Trends SUV of the Year and Four Wheelers SUV of the Year. And I think what's astonishing about that is the vehicle is so good that it appeals to two completely different demographics. You know, Four Wheeler obviously isn't looking for the same things that Motor Trend is. And for them to both choose the vehicle just shows how well-rounded the new Jeep is. And you're taking that experience and that quality of JL and bringing it over to JT. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly said, and we couldn't be more pleased because, as you said, uh, for, for Motor Trend to pick it kind of uh, justifies its, its on-road, its features, its comfort, safety, and then four-wheeler, of course. Uh, that's the core. Yeah, that's the core. So where does it fit in in today's midsize pickup market? As everybody knows, the midsize pickup market is exploding. Um, Toyota never left. Nissan never left. But Chevy came back and sort of lit a fire with everybody. They've got some performance variants like the ZR2 that are, that are pretty interesting. Um, their sales have been really good. Ford recognized that they couldn't ignore the space anymore. Ranger just came out. Now here comes Gladiator with a whole new take. Doors come off, convertible. I mean, marketplace differentiation. Yes, it fits in the space because it's a crew cab pickup truck. But there's a whole lot more to it. How, how does the brand see it fitting into the world? Is it, is it a Jeep? Is it a truck? Well, it, first of all, it fits right at the top of the segment. <laughs> uh, second of all, I'm glad you asked because it's absolutely 100% truck and 100% Jeep. It has what people expect out of a truck, which is best-in-class towing, best-in-class payload. It's, it's, it's not a Wrangler with a bed. There would be nothing wrong with a Wrangler with a bed. Sure. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's, a, it's an awesome truck. In fact, uh, the, the towing and payload are numbers that you used to see in full-size trucks. Only Absol- absolutely. Ago. Absolutely. And what's interesting is with the 1,600 pounds of payload, um, you're comfortably ablo- above a lot of the other 4x4 competition. And what's, what sets that apart is for the, uh, the off-road crowd is there's more gear, there's more stuff for those people who like overlanding and tents and want to bring it and three or four of their buddies as well. Everybody can fit in, have all their gear, have all the camping gear, and you still have that payload overhead. Yep, it's the perfect lifestyle vehicle. Yeah, and again, as far as fitting in the lineup, the, some of the biggest cross-shop vehicles with the Wrangler were pickup trucks. So now we 100 uh, That's me, right? That's me. I'm a Jeep owner, and I've always been a pickup truck guy. Yeah, now you don't have to make that choice. Yeah. Now you have best of all worlds in this, in this truck. Um, it, 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 the ride, on-road ride's phenomenal. Off-road capability's phenomenal. The pickup truck capability's phenomenal. And then we have a lot of class exclusive features, too, that uh, only Jeep would do. Yeah, if, it's funny because if somebody told you, if the Wrangler didn't exist, and somebody said, Kevin, we want you to build a new vehicle, and it's a pickup truck, and it's a five-seater, and it has to have best-in-class payload and capability. You sort of have an idea of what it should be. And then you go, but it also has to have best-in-class off-road ability. Oh, it needs a front and rear locker. Oh, the windshield needs to fold. The top needs to come off. The doors need to come off. It has rock rails. 
you would suddenly get to a point where you go, that's an impossible vehicle. Who would build that vehicle? And again, it's, it's really only Jeep. And because of your heritage and, and with Wrangler and, and, and the enthusiasts and what they want, this Jeep was born out of what your customers have been asking for and, and probably couldn't exist anywhere else in the automotive space, right? I mean, this that's is uniquely you. That's absolutely right. It's, it's something we own. The 80-year heritage, the, the born in war, the return as a civilian Jeep, all of that is ours. And, and we nurture it and we have listened to our customers what they want in a vehicle for uh, every decade in between. Well, I can't wait, and uh, I guess I will see you probably in uh, Moab for Easter Jeep Safari, right? I'll be there. Will you be there with Gladiators? Uh, we will be there with Gladiators, yes. All right, well, I will see you in Moab with Gladiators. Awesome, looking forward to it. All right, thanks, Kevin. Couple of good interviews there, Holman. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. Uh, question: um, Do we know what the price is going to be on this thing? It has not been announced yet. Okay, well, but it's you, coming. If you had a guess, are we talking about the mid forties? I would say figure it's probably fifteen hundred or two thousand dollar premium over a similarly equipped uh, JL. What's the JL going for right now? Uh, I don't know. Anywhere from high twenties to mid fifties. Oh, mid fifties, fully fully equipped mid fifties, fully everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot of like okay. expensive options like the power uh, sliding roof and stuff like that that add quite a bit to that. But yeah, a fully maxed out, you can get in the mid 50s. So I figure. Where you would know, the, wait a minute, power sliding roof? How would that work? Yeah, it's awesome. On the uh, JL Sahara. Yeah. Yeah, I think you get on the Rubicon too. I it's, don't think I've uh, seen that yet. Yeah, it's got the like a sky slider, so it's got a fabric roof that slides back. Okay. But then you have quarter turn pieces, and you can take off the rear glass and the rear side glass and have it all open except for the structure up top where the uh, soft top is. Oh. So it basically gives you the best of both worlds, having a hard top, uh, but really easy to make it as open as possible. Gotcha. And All right, so as I'm talking and listening to these interviews, I, they keep saying best in class and best in class and best in class. So let me ask you, take me back a couple of years when they started working on this thing. Okay. Because you're, you're kind of tight with the Jeep guys. And are they, all the engineers and the marketing people sit in a, in a conference room and have a big, huge whiteboard. Many times. And do they write everything that's best in class at that moment? And then they predict what it's going to be in five years and then say, that's our goal? Um, I would say- For, They know weights, they know heights, they know uh, th distances, a, economy, like everything has to be up on this whiteboard. Uh, a little bit of that. Um, so basically there are corporate spies. Every auto manufacturer has a intelligence group that knows what the competition is doing. Is that true? Absolutely. 100%. They really have an intelligence group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every, every every car company. There's one out there that doesn't have a group of uh, future product planners who know what's coming from the competition so that they could put you know, their chess are, pieces on the board. Are you saying that this group, that's their sole job or yes. they do other things? Nope, that's their job. Their sole job is their, their job is to know everything happening in the industry so that when you are uh, developing yours, you know what your targets need to be in order to come out with the best do you think there are any, any funny business, any 100%. illegality? Uh, I don't know about illegality, but there's certainly corporate espionage going on. And, no and kidding. People, oh, yeah. It's, it's a, it's, what about with our tailgate wars? Do you think anything could happen yeah, there with I, the tailgate wars where they, where they were trading, you know, the, sure. the multi-pro and the multi, what's the other one? Uh, the multi-pro is the GMC. Yeah, and the, and the RAM is- And the RAM is the uh, multi-function. Got it. So those are, I mean, the names are similar. Granted, they're slightly different, but the two two companies innovating on the tailgate at the same time, there's some- Yeah. yeah well, I mean, how do you think the- Some cross-pollinization, even though they didn't want it, there is. You think that the, uh, the big three doesn't know what the diesel numbers are going to be for the next guy? I think there's some stuff, and there's some stuff that's kept totally quiet, too. Um, I don't know that anybody expected the Ram 1500 to have the interior that it did. 
Uh, I don't think that uh, anyone expected Nissan to come out with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Right. I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of scuttlebutt, uh, but I don't know that anybody thought the 7.3 gas oh, uh, yeah. Super Duty was going to That drop. one took people by surprise. Yeah, so there's 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 a lot going on. Um, I would say General Motors probably knew that Ford was coming out with a gas engine, but maybe didn't know it was going to be as big as it is, because mm-hmm. their gas engine, their new one's a 6.6. Right. So you just, you, you know, you don't know. But I, I have friends who, in the past, had that job, and I've seen the binders they walk around with at You're the auto show. You're kidding me. You knew someone who did this. Yeah, I know a couple people, yeah. And what are they, they're called corporate intelligence? No, they're uh, usually product planners or part of or adjunct to the product planning team. Okay. And they're people that, you know, their job is to know what's coming from the competition. What an odd job. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting. Oh, well, I'm not saying it's not al- a cool although job. Although, if you're not good at it, probably not. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, if, if your CEO gets surprised by some yeah. new unveiling yeah. and you didn't see it coming, whew, goodbye, new yeah. job. Right, right. I mean, so <laughs> yeah. you, you really have to know what's going on. But, yeah, I have a couple friends who have that role at various car companies, and uh, there's lots of times where I may get a phone call from somebody, and they may say, hey, what do you know about this? And a lot of times I have to say, sorry, can't help you. Um, or- they may say, um, hey, we have an idea. Do you think it's right for your market? Can we talk some more? And okay. so there are various things on cars and trucks that are coming and things that are out there now that I was able to have a little bit of influence over or help make some decisions on. And it was, sure. I, I, to me, I, I love product and uh, I love having that interaction with both the marketing and engineering teams. And there are times where a manufacturer bring me in and I love it. It's uh, one of the perks of my job. And I've I've never burned anybody. I would never burn anybody. Um, I keep if uh, one manufacturer tells me something and they the other one wants to know. I don't trade or anything like that. Like I it, keep it totally on the up because otherwise that would be the last time anyone ever yeah, shared anything you, with you. You would burn yourself. And right. so uh, I think the manufacturers know that I'm fair, that I'm not biased, and I'll tell them, hey, I think that's a great idea. Or I can't talk about it. And most of them respect that. I think they know that you know there's various things going on, and and so I don't. I would be share curious secrets. if anyone has ever tried to buy you. Nobody's ever tried to buy me. Hmm. Although I have had uh, people very angry at some news that came out that had nothing to do with me, but assumed it was me. Oh. And that was, that's awkward. You can't say what it was? Uh, well, one of them was Raptor, which we told that story sure, in a sure. previous episode. They got over it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Because they realized that I I didn't do anything wrong. I was just doing my job. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I'm in an enviable position where I have the trust of some key people and have an opportunity to talk and to them. I, I guess part. we should say, because we do have new listeners that on board all the time, coming to the podcast for the first time. And sure. it's so for, for those of you that don't know, um, Holman sitting across from me has been with uh, motor trend and previously known as the enthusiast network. And before that you were with Peterson publishing before same, that same it's, company, it's all the same company. It just keeps go- yeah. getting gobbled up, but okay. you're in charge of the truck group. So yes. all of the, whether it's uh, print in print or or online, yeah. print, social, of, digital, the podcast. The so, truck content yep. for this group. And Correct. Motor Trend is is the biggest of, uh, yep. you, you know what I mean? You, you, you know who they are. Next month, just at this company, I've been there 16 years, and I've been in the automotive industry for over 20. So gotcha. that's sort of where my, my roots are. And, and I'm and, such a newbie. I've been in for <laughs> since last March. Oh, there you go. At least in the podcast. <laughs> well, you and I are both podcasting newbies. But what's awesome is, uh, you know, I've I've uh, a lot of people are car journalists. A lot of people know cars. There are very, very few. I can count on maybe two hands the number of good and respected truck journalists who their focus is on trucks. And so to be a part of this very, um, I don't want to say elite, but I would say it's it's a, a very distinct niche of automotive journalists that focus solely on trucks is pretty cool. Would you say that you get looked down upon by supercar journalists? Yes. And you do. Yeah. 
Okay. Although they're the first person. Do they assume that you're some country bumpkin and no, no, no. redneck they, and they know you must lock trucks? Oh, you, know? you missed the Lamborghini drive in Greece or whatever, right? You know, or something like that. And and to be honest, um, you I don't, don't like, wear you don't wear polos in a, with a Ferrari. No, you know, with a, I, with a I, prancing horse. To on be, the be honest, I don't like driving supercars. Like it's fun for the five for five minutes. It's a lot of responsibility too. And a truck is just so much more forgiving. You can f up really easy in, in a in a supercar. I, let me put it this way: I enjoy it, but it's not it it doesn't appeal to me the same way trucks do. I've always been attracted to trucks. I've always liked the idea that I can pull, I can tow, I can go off road, I can disappear. Um, I feel like you're on the track, you know, of our uh, streets and interstate system in a car. In a truck, you, your world is so much more expanded. And so, while a lot of people fight over, I want to go on the Ferrari trip. Uh, overseas, and I'm happy to be the truck guy, and so I'm known in the industry as a truck expert. It's, it's it's interesting. It's kind of like the way that people love motorcycles. You yeah. know what I mean? Or they give like a dual sport bike is even yeah. better. So now you can go. Oh, that anywhere. Honda Africa Twin. Yeah, oh. I'm just saying. Like, so you have so it's the the, the supercar guy that's almost locked to a track or the yeah. freeways, yeah. and you can never open it up on a freeway. No, or you're going to jail. And they, and God forbid the roads are potholes and everything. Yeah. It's like it's just a disaster. Then you have a truck that opens it up to off road, on road. And, and I can do a hundred percent of the performance off road in a truck. I can take a Raptor and go eighty miles an hour down in the desert. And we've been off road. I've been out off road with Bill Stein guys where we had a Tacoma that had their bypass shocks on it, and we were paralleling Highway Ten in the whoops, going about ten miles faster than the trucks. I remember you telling me this. Yeah, you know, so I mean, I mean I, we were going pretty a pretty good clip in your Colorado ZR2 out here. We did pretty yeah. good in the ZR2. I mean, we, yeah, we were hitting fifty-five, sixty at times. Yeah, that was fun. So I mean, it's just to me, I love I love trucks. I love the fact that I can push a truck to nine tenths, eight tenths, whatever. <laughs> whereas a supercar, you may may only be able to do four tenths or five tenths, forty percent, fifty percent, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> it drives me crazy when he says I, that, guys. I, yeah, that's why I like to say it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's uh, that's. Kind of how I've amassed so many friends on the truck side and why I get to get these great interviews with, you know, people who are in charge of GM trucks and Nissan trucks and Ford trucks and Jeep trucks and, you know, well, Ram we're, trucks. we're going to have a very interesting smattering at the uh, Lone Star Throwdown this oh, weekend. I can't wait. So we're going to be we, – we, ha- we don't have any uh, interviews lined up, but I think we'll, that we'll – um, I think we're going to – Yeah, we're going to bring yeah. the recorder down there. And uh, one last chance just to let you guys know – at Truck Show Podcast on Facebook. Uh, check out our event. There's going to be a Truck Show Podcast listener meetup in Conroe, Texas on Saturday the 23rd. That's this Saturday coming up. And uh, it'll be at the B-52 Brewery. And uh, Lightning and I will be there with us. Uh, Did you already say Conroe, Texas? Conroe, okay, Texas, good. yep. And uh, you can find out all the information on our Facebook page. And then, of course, uh, at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram as well. Please come out and have a beer. That's what we're saying. All right, so uh, send us an email. Want to hear if you liked our Gladiator bonus episode and uh, got anything else to share with us at Truck Show Podcast on social, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, the Truck Show, the Truck Show. And don't forget to hit us up on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Let us know what you think. I'm I'm curious. Uh, this is a little bit different than what we normally do, but we had to shove this Gladiator content in before it got stale, and uh, we we're shoving it between uh, <laughs> Chicago Auto Show and AccuAir and Lone Star Throwdown. So yeah, quite uh, a little, bit. little bonus for you guys this week. And thank you to Nissan. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty on the Titan, whether it's gas or the uh, the XD with the diesel. Who Cummins diesel. Oh, yeah. It's goes. <laughs> I love that V8. Gotta love that thing. I think it's way so, cool. And everybody we, we've talked to who has that truck loves that truck. I haven't met one person who owns that truck who said they don't like it. But it, because here's the thing, it's not one of the most widely publicized trucks. It just isn't. You yeah. know what I mean? It's Nissan. They're smaller. Yeah, a smaller small brand. company. Yeah. And 
you're right. And, and, and people like they pop the hood and they go, oh, my gosh, look at this. And it was the attention to detail and everything else. Yeah. So the problem with Nissan is that or not the problem, but it's that people just don't know about it. Yeah. Like if when you know about it and you see it, you're like, I why need, didn't I, I know about that? I need to consider this like <laughs> as part of my you know buying decision. Do you think people think that about decked as well? I actually do think they think because when they see decked for the first time, they go. Why didn't I know about this? Uh, did you see the Gladiator at the LA Auto Show this year? The Gladiator. Oh, with the deck system. With the deck in system it. in the yeah, bed. Was, now, was so, that custom? Or are they going to, do you think they'll they, sell for the Gladiator? They will absolutely sell it for the Gladiator. That is brilliant. So, so if you're looking for a lockable storage solution for your truck or van or even SUV, I think, sure. go to decked.com. That's decked.com. And I, I think you'll be really impressed. So uh, some really, some geniuses there with uh, plastic. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that this episode deserves a, uh, I don't know, five star and uh, maybe a mounted parameters. Are we allowed to do that for ourselves? Yes. Okay. Mounted monitor key engine parameters. And there you have it, the gladiator episode. It doesn't come off. It doesn't, doesn't off really. Time, I don't know what we're gonna call it, but yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Hey, see you Friday at the airport when we're flying to Texas. <laughs> oh God. Uh. Yeah, buddy. Mm.